Greetings, friends and people of God, and welcome for today's call to worship. I'm going to read from Psalm 40, verses 3, 4, and 5. This is the word of the Lord. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and I will tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Today we are going to proclaim the wondrous deeds of God, even though they are more than can be told. Today we are going to tell of the thoughts that He has toward all of us, even though they are more than can be told. This is the mystery of God. This is the vastness of our God that we are welcomed into, that we are invited into. There is endless revelation. There is endless understanding. So we come, we show up, and there's more. And we show up again, and there's more. So today, friends, let's rise up, let's declare, let's proclaim the wondrous deeds of our God as we sing today. Open up our hearts, our ears. Make us aware of your presence today, God, as we worship you. And let our praise be your welcome. Let our songs be a sign. We are here for you. Yes, we are. We are here for you.
darkness trembles. Jesus, in your name, is salvation for all who call on you. Friends, we believe that Jesus is the King and that his kingdom is arriving on earth as it is in heaven. And you know what that looks like? That looks like the followers of Jesus, the church, beginning to live now as it will be then, beginning to bear witness to the reign of King Jesus. And I want to tell you a few stories of how that's taking place right here in our own city. Earlier this week, a small team from New Life Church went up to Sterling Prison. It's a facility that's about three hours north of here, and we received a call from the director of the Department of Corrections asking for some help. They've been hit pretty hard by the COVID-19 outbreak there in the prison. And they asked for some help for their guards, and so a team went up this week and delivered a thousand masks that many of you sewed and prepared and made ready for them. And they took with them 60 bags of groceries for the prison guards, for their families, supplies for them. The warden said he'd been there 15 years. He said, in 15 years, no one has ever reached out to us. No one's ever checked in on us. A highlight of the day came toward the end when some of our pastors, Pastor Rion, Pastor Melton, Pastor Johan from our outreach team, and they were joined with a pastor from another church in town, Woodman Valley, and they prayed with the warden, and they were all distanced and wearing their masks and all that, and they prayed for him. And when they were finished, the warden had tears in his eyes, and he said, I have never felt such gratitude for what you've done here today. The food bank, many of you have contributed to the food bank throughout the week. To date, you have donated and we have delivered five tons of food. That's incredible. And that's gone to several different agencies in the city, but it also has gone to a couple of our congregations to serve right there in their neighborhoods. Nueva Vida, our Spanish-speaking congregation, told me this week, they said that in the month of March, they do their food pantry twice a month. They said in the month of March, 150 families received groceries. But in the month of April, they said, we got to do this more than twice a month. We got to let families come in when they have crises in their lives. And they said in April, they gave out 450, and they served 450 families with groceries. That's over, that's about 600 families in the last two months, maybe 1,800 people that have been served. Manitou Springs, they, they run a weekly a food pantry that they help deliver stuff to. About 45 bags of groceries are given. Uh, uh, 45 families are served each week. And Pastor Joe Kirkendall was telling me a couple stories this week. He said one of their congregants, a lady named Rebecca, she's a nurse. And she said as she they were watching people waiting in line to receive these groceries, there was a, a homeless man in a wheelchair with an injured foot. And he needed care for this foot, but he didn't want to go into the hospital. He was a bit nervous about the virus. And so Rebecca bent down and washed his foot and re-bandaged it for him. Joe said it was like a scene out of the Gospels. There was a young couple who had just discovered that they were pregnant. And every week they've been coming to receive groceries. And Pastor Joe said something in his heart just led him to say to them, you're going to be great parents. They just found out they were pregnant. And he said, you're going to be great parents. He kept just blessing them each week come to find out they are now living clean from the drug addiction that they had been under they've been sober for almost two months now and they just asked joe if he would officiate their wedding friends this is what it looks like for the church to be the church thousands of dollars have been given to our partners all around the world recently i heard that one of our partners in india 
where children had not eaten in days were able to eat for the first time this week because of your generous giving. This is why the darkness trembles. The darkness trembles when the church begins to live out the kingdom of God, when the church begins to bear witness to the reign of God. This is what it looks like for the darkness to tremble. It's when the hungry are fed and the poor are cared for in the name of King Jesus. So friends, as you give today, I want to encourage you to keep being faithful, keep being generous as you give. There's three ways to give at New Life Church. You can give online. You can set it up as a recurring gift. You can text to give, or you can do it the old-fashioned way and mail in your check to the address on your screen. We're so grateful for you, church. Let's continue to bear witness to the glory and the mercy of King Jesus. Let's worship as we give. Friends, if you don't know what else to say, just say the name Jesus. Even now, right here in your home, just say Jesus. You shout it, you whisper it, say Jesus. It's the great name, the name above all names, our King, our Lord. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we say amen, amen. Friends, let's prepare our hearts for the word of God, the opening of the scriptures. You know the drill by now. Grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks, lean in, press in, grace and peace. From all of us at New Life Church, we want to say Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for your patience and constant sacrifices. For teaching us what hard work really looks like. Thank you for your nurturing spirit and for being a constant presence in the midst of chaos. To all those who are, who are trying, and who have and lost, Happy Mother's Day. Hey, praise the Lord, everybody. So glad you're joining us with these online services. So good to see you here. Um, If you're excited to turn into scripture with me, would you turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1? We're going to do something a little different here this morning. We're going to break from the Faith in the Wilderness series, and we're going to talk about moms because it's Mother's Day today. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. This is a Sunday. Excuse me, I'm coughing and and I don't think you can get coronavirus through the screen. So we'll just, we'll roll with this. But uh, throughout my life, uh, Mother's Day has always, it's always fallen on a Sunday. 
And I think through as a child making little things for my mom and learning about uh, honoring mothers. And this is one of those days in history as we go through the clocks of time where we celebrate Mother's Day. And I think this is one piece of the normal that we can be doing here while we're in quarantine. So let's take a little survey. Raise your hand, everybody listening, raise your hand if someone carried you around for months and months and months before you were born. Keep that hand raised if that person had to undergo some sort of labor to bring you into this world. Everybody watching should have their hands raised. We are going to talk about moms today and I think there's something we can learn about a mother's love for how God loves us. So, First of all, kids, uh, last week we did this. Kids, I have an assignment for you, a drawing assignment for you. This week it's just one drawing. So kids, uh, my boys, Jay, Rowan, Max, and Theo, everybody get out your papers. I would love for you to draw a picture Draw a picture of your mom and listen carefully. At the top of the picture, I want you to put Jesus, Jesus looking at the life of your mom and smiling and then draw your mom and then on the paper, on your mom's chest, put a heart where your mom's heart goes. And for now, just leave it blank. I'll tell you what you can draw in your mom's heart a little later. But if you're excited to turn with me to scripture, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Um, Timothy is found in the New Testament with all the other T books. So if you find a book that starts with T, you're just about there. Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and it says this, verse 1, chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. So this is how people back then would write letters. They would write introducing themselves keeping with the promise uh, promise of life that is in Christ Jesus to Timothy, my dear son. Paul and Timothy had this father-son-like relationship. He wasn't literally his son. But then he says this, grace, mercy, peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day. I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. So he's, he's referring to the, the, the bad times as well as the good. I long to see you so that you may be filled with joy. And I am reminded of your sincere faith. And then he's going to describe this faith, which is very honoring to Timothy's mother and then mother-in-law. He says this, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul prayed over Timothy. He received the power of the Holy Spirit. Then it says this, verse seven, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So as we look at this passage to kind of precap what we're about to see is that faith is as Different as it sounds, you know, in our American culture, we're very individualistic and people just talk about their religion and, oh, it's just me and God. Well, that doesn't really seem like the case from the text of scripture. Faith is communal. And I want to encourage you with something that maybe your faith 
like Timothy's, uh, will be passed on to another generation and yet another generation. Timothy's grandmother, Lois, maybe we'll get to meet her in heaven someday, is, is charged with a faith that is then handed on to Timothy's mother, Eunice, and then handed on to Timothy, a very sincere type of faith. So before we begin, um, I have a two-point sermon, and then my wife is going to join me uh, towards the end of this sermon. But before we begin, let us pray. Lord, we welcome you here. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts, to open our minds, and Lord, we pray and we thank you, Lord, for mothers. We pray for um, mothers that find themselves in mothering situations, whether it's grandmothers or aunts or foster moms or adopted moms or stepmoms. Or Lord, I pray a special prayer over women who want to be mothers and this particular day is unique and, and hard for them. Lord, I pray peace. I pray your word upon us this morning as we look at it. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds. We pray in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, the first point this morning is this. A mother's love teaches us about God. A mother's love teaches us about God. I'll say it one more time. A mother's love teaches us about God. So kids, if you're drawing your mother or whoever you want to honor today, maybe it's a stepmom or a grandmother or an aunt, whoever you want to honor, draw your mom and do not forget to put Jesus over your mom, looking over your mom's life. I think um, throughout um, life, there are things that remind us of who God is and the, and the Lord's kingdom. I think about Psalm 125, one of my favorite Psalms says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, and I've been to Jerusalem, and although I'm from Colorado, I'd probably say that the hills surround Jerusalem, but, but in that part of the world, they call them mountains. So as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, that the topography of this holy city surrounded by mountains reminds us that the love of the Lord is all around our lives. Jesus uses uh, examples, the mustard seed. He says, a faith is like a mustard seed. You plant it and it grows. It's like yeast and dough that where a little bit works all the way through the dough. It's like a story of a son that runs away from a father. Max and I, Max is our uh, five-year-old, Max and I were looking at the story of the prodigal son uh, last week and we have the Jesus storybook Bible that has all these pictures and we were flipping through and um, it says that a son asked his father for all the money that he would get when the father is dead. And I was explaining to Max how mean that would have been to kind of say like, dad, I wish you were dead and I had all the money that I'm going to have when you pass away, the inheritance. And he took the money and he squandered it and he lived wildly and he spent it all up and we turned the page and then there's this prodigal son, this young man eating from the pigs. And then Max was just very curious about why would he be eating the pig's food? That's not nice to steal animals' food is it dad? And I said, no, it's not nice to steal the animal's food. And we, we talked a lot about the pigs and eating the pig's food and how you shouldn't do that. And then the son kind of comes to his senses. And so we turn the page and there's this long road where the son has to walk back to his parent, to his dad. And, and I, I quickly covered up the, the picture with the dad on it. And I turned to Max and said, Max, do you think the dad would be happy or sad that the child was returning? And my heart kind of sunk because Max said, I bet the dad was mad. And my heart sunk because I thought, I'm, I'm Max's dad. Max, do you think that I would be mad at you if you ran away and you were gone a long time? 
And, and he again wanted to talk about, well, you know, he stole the pig's food and that wasn't right, dad. I said, yeah, yeah, but if, if you were gone a long time and you were down into a place where you were hungry, that you were eating, you know, the worst thing you can imagine, and you decided to come back, don't you think I would be happy? And he said, yeah, I guess so. And so, so we talked about that. And then I lifted up the picture and showed the, the father just smiling. I said, the father and the son, they, they united and they hugged. And if you know the story, the dad says, bring a robe and a ring. Let's throw a party. My son is back. He was lost and now he is found. That is the love of a parent. That is a selfless love of a parent. It's the kind of love we celebrate and we honor here on Mother's Day because that's the type of love that a good godly mother has for their children. Now the word love is it's pretty messed up in the English language. We can say things that are very meaningful, like I love my wife and she's here today. She'll be up in a, in a minute. I can say, I love God. And I could say, I love my country. And we would all, yeah, of course. And then with the same word, I could say something like, I love pizza. And it's like, what is that? That's the same word, pizza and God. Like, how is that the same word? But in English, it is. There's a, a YouTube clip of a, of a rabbi. He's he's an old, wise rabbi. I think he's in his 90s. And you could YouTube it. Don't do it now. Do it later. Don't do it now. <laughs> do it later. Uh, and it's a rabbi talking about a little boy with a fish that he had just caught. And he's eating the fish. And he kind of makes this declaration. He says, I love fish. And the rabbi kind of, this is just a figurative story. He, he kind of uh, goes along with this boy. He says, oh, you, you love fish, huh? Well, well, is that why you made a little lure, uh, something that the fish would like to eat, and you put a hook and, and barbed hook into this little lure, you put that into the river, and then as it went by and the fish ate it, you set the hook, and the hook goes into the mouth and out the fish's cheek. You pull the fish out of his home, you take the fish and you kill the fish, you stick a knife in the fish and you gut the fish right then and there. Sorry for the image. Happy Mother's Day once again. <laughs> but the rabbi and this little boy have a conversation. It's like, well, well, actually, you know, if you're really true about this word love, you'd have to say that really you love yourself and you liked the taste of fish, but, but really you don't love fish, do you? It's like, well, no, you, you don't love fish. You love yourself. And I think a lot of the type of love we talk about in our culture and this English word love is a fish kind of love. It's like that. I think about um, the, the many years I spent as the college and young adults pastor, associate at first, and then overseeing the college ministry here at New Life North, where I'm standing now. And it was a great, a wonderful ministry that, that's still going on now under Josh Caldwell. And um, this, this ministry was huge. And I've had the privilege to, I think, almost do a hundred weddings. And almost all of them are young adults. And I would do some premarital counseling. We'd sit down and we'd talk about why do you want to get married? And many of the reasons have to do with um, well, they make each other happy. The young man and the young woman, oh, we're so happy when we're together and we love each other. And well, why do you love each other? Well, because they fulfill every desire that I've ever had and so on and so forth. And one of my roles as a pastor in these premarital meetings is to lead them towards a more mature type of love, a true type of love that is selfless and more godly. The kind of love that is in the marriage covenant for times of poorer for times of sickness and even into death, that there would be this selfless love that's very mature instead of this type of love that we could call a fish 
type of love. As we think about um, this selfless type of love, I think the best example I can think of is Jesus. It's God himself. And uh, we are going to partake. We're going to receive communion uh, after uh, this sermon is over in just a few minutes. So if you are at your home and need to get bread and get a cup, go do that now. Um, you know, um, there's a saying, I think, of that's it's quite funny. I think it's kind of a slam to other people. You can say, a face only a mother could love. And it's really quite a slam to how someone looks. But actually, it says a lot about a mother, a mother's love. Mother's love teaches us about the type of love that God loves us with. Jesus, in one point in the gospel, says, I wish I could gather you together like a mother hen gathers chicks. What an what a image of God gathering us to himself. Isaiah 49 talks about how, how it asked this rhetorical question, could a mother ever forget a child that is at her side nursing? No, of course not. A mother could never forget. But it says, but even if she could, I, the Lord, will never forget you. I, the Lord, will never stop remembering you and thinking about you. So before we go into point number two, kids, if you're still drawing a picture of your mom, make sure she has hair and earrings and uh, has that heart on her chest. And in that heart, because the Lord is watching over your mom and because the Lord has the true example of what love is and your mom loves you with a godly love, put yourself inside that heart that is on your mother. Point number two is this. So if you're taking notes, point number two is this. Love as God loves us. Love as God loves us. Love others as God loves us. You know, we're not all mothers on Mother's Day. Uh, we all have mothers. Uh, some of you maybe go into Mother's Day maybe not having the best example of a mother. I have a great mother, but some of you may not. Some of you maybe have struggled throughout your life or maybe you are an accident. Let me clarify that. Let me clear that up. You are not an accident. I think there's accidental parents out there, but there is no accidental child out there. Psalm 139 paints this picture. Go read it. It's another one of my favorite Psalms. It says that the Lord created us uh, created us in, the, in the, our mother's womb. He knit us together. He formed us. And we praise the Lord because we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And our, his eyes, the Lord's eyes saw even our unformed body and all the days ordained for us were written in the Lord's book even before one of them came to be. Moms, there's no perfect mom out there. Of course, there's godly examples of, of mothers, but there's no perfect mom out there. I imagine some of you teenagers are like, amen, that's the first thing you've said that makes any sense. Of course, there's no perfect mom out there. I think of a quote from Mark Twain of a, of a teenager that says something like, when, my, when I was uh, 14 years old, my parents were so ignorant that I could hardly stand to be around them. But then when I turned 21, my parents had learned a whole bunch. It, bunch. It's amazing how much my parents learned in just those seven years. And of course, we would look back at that quote uh, from age and say, well, it wasn't the parents who changed, it was the child. And I pray and hope that you can find ways 
to honor your mother on this day. I think about my mom and, and all the things me and my little brother put her through. She's a wonderful, godly mother. I remember the time uh, my dad was TDYs in the Air Force, uh, was in the Air Force and spent time quite a few months uh, in, in South Korea. And my mom and dad got to just have a few conversations on the telephone during those months. And one of those conversations, well, my mom was on the phone with my dad. My brother and I took the opportunity to ransack the house, go through it and find every roll of toilet paper, which I imagine in these times of shortages of toilet paper, it's just astounding. Why would kids do this? But we took every roll of toilet paper and we wrung them around the house inside and we made a huge mess. And still, I think about that. Mom, I'm sorry we did that, but my mom loved us and, and she wasn't perfect. No mother is perfect, but she showed me the type of love that, that is godly, that is selfless. So I want to invite my wife, Erica, up here. She's a mom. She's a wonderful mom, and she was going to share um, something that uh, I, I pray you'll listen to this. I, was, I said, share us a story, and she decides to share a story from her mom. So, Yes, thank you. Well, happy Mother's Day, and I just want to encourage all of you, but especially the moms today, um, with a story about my mom growing up. And um, I don't know... <laughs> I still don't really know completely what it is that makes her so special. It could be a personality thing. I think as a child, I would have called her hostess with the mostess. But she is probably to this day the most hospitable woman that I have ever met. And if any of you know her, you can affirm that. Um, but if you were to come over to my mom's house today, she would invite you into her kitchen. She would start preparing something for you to drink and something to eat and all of a sudden she'd be asking you questions about your life and treating you like you were the most important person in the entire world and just make you feel this innate sense of value and she has done that with every person who's ever walked through our doors it's just an incredible sense of um, love and hospitality that she puts out and I couldn't quite pinpoint it as a child but even to this day a lot of my friends would say that their faith has come from these pivotal conversations with my mom in the kitchen and that she was like a spiritual mother to them or a stand-in mom even. Um, and oftentimes she would learn things about my friends that I didn't even know um, in just a couple minutes of standing in the kitchen with them because she had this way of opening people up. And a few years ago, as I was just thumbing through my Bible in the message translation, Matthew 5 popped out to me and like lightning, it struck me, this is my mom. Um, and this is what it is. She, um, the Matthew 5 in the message says, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. You're like a light that brings out the God colors of this world. And it goes on to say, so keep open house like this hospitality my mom would show. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll encourage them to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. And that was it. That's what she was doing. She was just being generous and sharing her story, listening to people in a way that maybe they hadn't been heard before. And she was modeling that generous kind of love that the Father has for us. Um, so I encourage you, maybe that's you. Maybe you're a mom making snacks for your kids' friends in the kitchen and, and maybe you don't see the value of it now, but by opening up to them and sharing your story and sharing your home, um, you're inviting them into the generous love that the Father has and you're unlocking hearts that you might not even be aware of. So just encourage you. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 
Well, let's uh, move towards the time of communion to receiving from the Lord's table. Um, I can think of no better picture of, of what Erica described as uh, I think about my own mother. I think about the role of a godly mother. And I think I can think of no better example of a selfless love than the Lord's table. And this is the example we all go to as sons and daughters, children of the Lord. We all look to him for what love truly is. And love is laying down your life for those you love. And Jesus does that. So if you would take the cup with me, if you have a cup and juice, take bread. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Take, receive, remember my death. And he also took the cup. He said, this is my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So we're going to partake. If you would, I'm going to dip the bread into the cup and say that this is the body of Christ for the body of Christ. Would you take this? Would you receive it into you with prayer, knowing that Jesus loves you and self-sacrificed himself for you? So Lord, we praise you. Lord, we take a moment to slow ourselves down and recognize your love that is in our lives. Lord, we take a moment and thank you, Lord, for the mystery of communion that you come inside of us and fill us with grace and mercy. Lord, we, we come to you sinners, broken, and Lord, you fill us up. You bring us into your kingdom. You say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. So Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We love you, Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Well, amen, everyone. As you go from here, happy Mother's Day. We'll be back here next week. We'll, if you're part of New Life Manitou, uh, even if you're not, you're allowed to come into our Zoom call from 10 to 11. We'll be on there. Eric and I will be on there. And so as you go, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace.